We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast, first of season two, or season nine, I should say. I'm your host, Carla Navas. With me today, we have our statistician and professional photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. What is up? Excited to be back. We have basketball. It was so fun being at the arena the other night. We have basketball. I want to get to that in a second when I ask you what the experience was like in the arena because it's been a minute on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. We have our 2K coach and Stream B co-founder, Frankie G. What's up, guys? Good to be back. How we doing? How we rocking today? I'm very excited to be here and talk some Kyle Lowry passing. There's a a lot that we're going to get to. And of course, we'd be remiss on the top right corner of your screen. Tiffany Meeks. How's it hanging? What you got there? What it look like? What it look like? Frankie, what it look like? What it look like? (laughs) Let's cards go. One. Let's go. Cards in one today. Let's do it. So uh, is that, uh, do they, do they play a, uh, is there, when's the it's night a wild card now? game? It's so a wild card game. St. Louis versus the Dodgers. I thought they were the Arizona Cardinals. Monday night football on a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give you tip shit. <laughs> Can't believe you like baseball. What's going on here? Uh, we have so much to get to. Uh, so good luck to Tiff's cards. Uh, I don't know. Are the Marlins in the playoffs, Frankie? I don't even know. No, definitely not. <laughs> okay, well, no. six in the draft. Let's go. Better look next time, I guess. Uh, man, guys, I don't even know where the fuck to get to. So on hangover time, uh, which by the way, there's no hangover time tomorrow night. Just so everybody's clear, uh, we're gonna be a hangover time live on Friday. We're gonna give you know 10 p.m. game. You know, I, I you know I don't I don't want to warp people into the ground. You know, everybody gets a little day off. You know, 10 p.m. preseason game. I don't know what Adam Silver was thinking. He's for sure never <laughs> seeing heaven. Uh, that's that's one thing that I think we could all get clear. Uh, Darkwick Pinky says, where did y'all end up on the Twitch leaks? Listen, if you guys want to get us to the point that we could be in the top 100 on the Twitch leaks, I suggest you, uh, you, you donate, you subscribe, you do all that stuff. For those who don't know, and for the podcast listeners, um, there was a, there was a Twitch leak today where like the top 100 like streamers, like their, all their uh, monthly earnings got outed. Uh, and, and they're all like incredibly, really rich. And we're out here 
know, where that R. Kelly meme, I'm fight for my life, man. <laughs> so, you know, every sub is appreciated. We love y'all. Plant Poppy says they're going to the game tomorrow. Uh, so in San Antonio, I think that is. So, so shout out to them. Um, guys, I, you know, we talked a bunch about Kyle and we'll get into that later. I want to start with Caleb Barton because we didn't talk enough about him on hangover time and sneak. Listen, if he's going to be like a legit rotation guy, that's like a sneaky tip. Sneaky great signing for a sneaky twin on a two-way deal. Sneaky. Yeah. Did you say well, stinky? Sneaky. Well, he's, oh, okay. a, he's a stinky twin and it was a sneaky good signing. Oh, so you did say stinky one time? I oh, did say did. stinky one time. Oh, I thought you said twin. sneaky twice in a row. We, have two, we have two stinky twins. We're double-wielding. We're dual-wielding stinky <laughs> twins. <laughs> so... I, I actually have a question um, about Caleb. What is his natural position? Even though there's this whole position, positionless thing we're doing, but like, can he see, can he see time at the four? No, two six five. He's too small. Too small. Six, okay, five. okay, six, five, too small. He's a, he's a two. I, I think that they'll they'll try to slot him at the three at times. I mean, I gotta say though, I'm surprised that he's six five. He yeah, seems so much bigger. Like I, I got to experience him the other night without having ever looked Crazy. into him at all. And I was kind of projecting him more as kind of like what Trevor Ariza was giving you. Mm. But like obviously a little bit different in that, you know, he's a little bit more raw, but he's got way more athleticism. But he's, he's like, like he felt like he had a similar build out there. And I'm surprised that he's sacrificing like three inches because Ariza's a full six eight, right? With seven foot he looks span. bigger. He no. looks bigger. He plays bigger. Um, I think he just, yeah, he was a lucky steal, a lucky find, but he fits perfectly what this team wants to do in the situation of <laughs> getting out, running, exploiting the, you know, exploiting what the defense gives them. And he puts his head down and he just, and he goes to work. I mean, he, he fits perfectly. The jump shot is, is a little, eh, but you know what, for everything else that he gave, I, I'm, I'm surprised. And I'm, I'm actually like pleasantly surprised that they got him for what they got him for. I mean, him on a two way is just, ridiculous now to your point about playing him at the four i'd even think playing him at the three is biting off a little more than they can chew so i think i think any more than that you're playing with house money so if he can give you some minutes at the wing now you can even do like jimmy at the four and and then caleb at the three and i know that you're really really small at that point but if you have like bam kyle right and then like maybe like another bigger guard you know you can get away with some for against some some bench units or whatever but it, it it gets i think that gets a little dicey i think Frankie, it's going to be a long season. It's we are in a COVID season. Even if all the players are vaccinated, you know, you can still get Delta. It's it's still a thing. Like, and they're not going to be able to play right if even if they're asymptomatic uh, and all good. Shout out to uh, it shivers and chat for the tier one sub. We love and appreciate that. I mean, oh, this yeah. is a guy that's going to have to play. And honestly, yeah. the way that he plays the passing lane, Frankie, I feel like he fits in really a lot better on defense than any of us thought. No, and his help defense was good. He was uh, helping at the rim, be, being aggressive, using that 6'10 wingspan. He's a lot more athletic than I thought he would be. Uh, admittedly, I never paid attention to to him in Charlotte. I knew he, ha- he had a twin brother. I knew he almost got his ass beat by – they both almost got their asses beat by James Johnson. But that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge. And in, in the But uh, I was surprised. I, I, I he When a player jumps at you on screen, that's what you want to see, especially a guy who's – the fifth option on offense, 
And he's not, and he was asked to guard like the, the point of attack. He was guarding Trey Young. He was switching on to uh, all their, their wings. He was guarding a little bit of everybody. So if that's what they have as a two way guy, you know, you can't really ask for much more. You're not expecting this guy, you, you know, he's going to have to play some uh, games of 15, 20 minutes. Uh, that's just the reality of COVID and also being an old ass team. But, uh, you know, that's, that's not a bad look for what they got and for the price. So uh, Bueno one in chat said that, you know, he said in the Discord, um, I'll, I'll, put the, I'll put the comment up, uh, said in the Discord, but it makes too much sense to convert his contract to a standard after his prorated minimum doesn't take us over the tax to have him available for the playoffs in case of emergency. Now, I, I think what their issue is more of a, a roster spot, right? Mm. I, I think that they have, all, or, or do they have 14? They might have 14 and they might be able to do that. I think that. they still have one space. Cause... They still have one space, yeah, because <clears throat> they never use it. But I, yeah. they're not under, they could convert that, and not be over the tax. I think that they're they're going to wait until after the bio guys because I think mm-hmm. the main reason why they kept that roster spot open was if a bio guy became available, they had a roster spot right there ready for him. And, you know, very good point, Bueno, that you do want to have him in the playoffs. So that probably does get converted depending on the roster spot situation. Obviously, you know, Udonis's contract makes... It, it, that, that's really where you get kind of, you know, tied up in the margins, but... You know, 14th, 15th, man, it's not going to make too much of a difference. Yeah, big minor confirms we're at, we're at 14. So um, I, I like him. Again, I don't – I think he's a guy that you look at in a playoff series. You know, if, if he does get playoff minutes and you're just like, okay, if we can survive, you know, seven minutes of, of Caleb, right, to give our, our, our wings a, a breath, you know, you take that. Kind of like Bryn Forbes a little bit for the Bucks last season. Or like he uh, was a litmus test of uh, I know it hurts for he fans, but like in general, like if if Bryn couldn't stay on the court, like that was a problem. I always refer uh, Christian back to the George the uh, the DJ Augustine minutes for the Pacers. Do you remember when the Heat used to play Pacers in the playoffs, and when George Hill would take a break, DJ Augustine would come in, and the Heat would feast like piranha. It was glorious. It was like it was like, and also like it, it felt especially good because. The Pacers were kind of kicking their butts a little bit, and you know they they really did need those points to get back into the into the game. So like it was necessary, and then it was just glorious watching. Just it was like a revolving door, and like I feel like I feel like he improved after that. I mean, I guess when you're when you become such a spotlight, it kind of forces you to <laughs> focus on those flaws. But um, yeah, that was that was a hell of a series. Like. The you know Tiff the bench for this team you know their starters I expect like Jimmy Bam Kyle Duncan to be like plus a ton right per hundred percent so right. I, I'm not worried at all even in a playoff series like I think like we can count on their starters to either run teams out of the gym or, or win pretty comfortably where it starts like how much are they going to bleed when these guys come in when the Caleb Martins come in when the game Vincent comes in you know when Deadman and and, and Markeith and we're going to get into that combo in a second. Like, how can they survive? And I, and I know it's just one preseason game, but how do you feel about the bench mob, you know, with what we have so far? Uh, um, I'm a little concerned. More concerned about what the, the defense will actually look like than the offense. Um, I don't know. I, I'm worried about that four spot. That, that four spot has got the me... The backup. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing about it is, is that I, I, I've never really paid attention to um, which one we got. Markeith is Markeith. that? That's who we yeah. got. Yeah. Thank so you. I never really paid attention. And then the other day, I like basically Googled him and looked at some clips. And um, I mean, I don't know. There's the. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, it, it the sun ain't shining too bright over there, so I don't I don't really know. I don't him like him Deadman. with Deadman. I don't like him with Deadman. I think if you're gonna play him, you gotta play him at the five, and it makes you a little smaller. But I think he makes up with that with kind of toughness. But at that point, I just rather have Deadman at the five. Right. Well, I'd rather have Deadman at the five. I mean, Mr. Deadman, that's our guy too. So. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I could see the argument. If you're going to play like a Martin Morris Deadman front court, that's still a lot of guys that can play big defensively. So I don't necessarily think that they they would get abused. I think if they played team defense and rotated the right ways, that I think they could absolutely weather that. They'll survive on defense. I'm just concerned if they'll the score, score no points. So that puts a lot on oh, Tyler. Now you're making but, Tyler really operate in really tight spaces because, you know, Morris is not a negative spacer like some dudes, but I, he certainly isn't a positive spacer. Yeah, but that was more of like an all-bench lineup. We were also missing Jimmy. Like, yeah. it, that's not really something. Like, we're like Caleb's, you know, Caleb's going to get minutes when guys are out, but he's not going to be playing when Caleb's everybody's not the available. problem there. It's no, like, no, but I'm saying like four or five. But like that, you're you're expecting like if if Caleb's not a non-shooter and you're not Deadman's going to be inside. You're that's that you're just like Markeith is an, an, an average shooter. You're just expecting too much for him. He's your he's your third best player in that lineup. Like that you're expecting too much from Markeith and and Tyler's got it going. Like you you that's not like we're not worried about that yet. We can't really set anything uh, as like a final uh, lineup or a final. Um, you know, prediction right now. There's you're missing Jimmy. It's preseason. Like we have to see it in regular season before we can predict anything. Well, I think it's more of a projection, not a prediction. I yeah, think projection, like if, if if we're gonna because it is smart to kind of look at these guys without Jimmy. Because I'm expecting Jimmy to rest this year. I'm not even I'm I'm not even gonna pretend he's gonna play X amount of games. I'm expecting him to be out. I'm expecting Kyle to be out. And at some points I'm expecting Bam to be out, to be honest. So I, I think where the hesitancy to say how the, the that it, it could be a great combination. I mean, there's we should look at it like, oh, because honestly, I I actually expected Markeith to play better on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. But I watched where he took his shots and how he took his shots. I'm 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 questioning his shot process. Like when he's inside, you're you're big. You don't need to take that jumper. You can back your guy in and just mm-hmm. get to the rim. Like there's too many fadeaway jump shots, you know, especially when he's like two feet from the basket. You don't have to do that. You yeah. can just bang and turn around and put it in. So I think for me, I'm questioning his shot selection. So Friday, I'm I'm just he's one of the guys that I want to kind of like pay attention to to see if he noticed anything from what was it Monday's game? Yeah, yeah. Monday's game, you know, going back looking. Oh no! Smolnik <laughs> says in chat <laughs> we're talking about Caleb Martin playoff minutes. Da, da, da. Smith, he's gonna, gonna be in that playoff. He's gonna be there. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe I hope not, but you know, see, um, uh, if he if he's there, it's another first round out. Yeah, tip saying it. If he if he's playing, I'm, I'm just saying like to get no. Guys, but no, Smith is right. What the fuck are we doing? Smith yeah. is, <laughs> is right here, man. Yeah. So kind of to your point, Tiff, about like Jimmy resting. You know, not that this is like a great indicator of anything, but with you know Jimmy's. Two of Jimmy's three highest usage percentage seasons have come in Miami. You know, his, his H31 season and his H30 season. 
you know, uh, with with the middle one being his age twenty seven season with the Bulls. Um, you know, you don't you want that number to go down as a guy ages, not up, right? Because you know, guys get hurt and, and stuff like that. And you don't want to run your star into the ground. I mean, you want Jimmy for sixteen wins, right? At the end of right. the year, you don't need him to. I'll never forget that fucking T Wolves game where Jimmy's out there. Chris, do you remember that? That that Timberwolves game on the road, Jimmy after the is, ankle. Yeah, he's doing everything he can to get them to win that game. That was his first game in Minnesota after after the big stink, and they fucking vomited all over themselves. And I, that was the first time Jimmy really got mad post game. I don't know if you remember that, Chris, but like th- that shit can't happen. Yeah, no, it definitely can't. I like, don't remember that game. I don't think I watched it. He like like he can't. That was the game where he like he. he, he, he no, I think like, I think I remember seeing the update on my phone. I think I was like traveling somewhere or something. But yeah, uh, yeah the, the, we ended up losing that game by what, like fifteen points or something like that. It, I don't remember, but I, I just remember that they lost. Jimmy played well. Everybody else played like shit, and uh, you, you you absolutely can't hand it to the Timberwolves under any circumstance. So, kind of you want the Jimmy usage to go down. Like Tip said, you kind of want resting. Kind of want these guys. To step up a little bit, I want to focus more on the Markeith and Deadman combo, uh, Frankie, because they don't have a better option at the four unless you start playing really undersized guys. And then we kind of fall into the trap of last season where they're really trying to plug. Like they haven't, Jay left and they really haven't been able to, to figure a lot of that out. Even if Kelly was here, you know, you could kind of go a little bigger and have Kelly as your backup four. Not ideal, but, you know, better. I don't really. I kind of feel like that becomes her priority, you know, in the trade market and the bio market. But do you have confidence in Markeith in that kind of backup four role? Or is there like another solution on the roster that you like? Oh, absolutely not. There's it, he's the 10th man on the on the roster. Like who? Markeith? Markeith. He's the 10th I mean, man in the rotation. He's their backup power forward at this point. Yeah, but that's he's one of the 10. It's him and him and Gabe are the real liabilities in the rotation. And and like if the you know if we had a playoff series we're probably they're probably not playing it's probably an eight man rotation you're going with Tyler um well uh, Tyler Deadman and I'm missing somebody well knock sure, on you, wood hey, Caleb Caleb Martin baby you might go seven hell because that because that those the the roster is just not really deep right now you've used all your resources to get kyle and and you got pj in and those are your main additions but you lost to the you lost a little bit of your roster um like you you need to the the whole season needs to be focused on getting one or two more guys uh another rotation guy uh i i still think uh what from what i saw from gabe i still would like to get another point guard and um for, from the power forward spot absolutely i want i don't want pj i don't want to rely on pj more than 24 minutes a game in the regular oh. season so frankie so your likely starters right for playoffs are jimmy bam lowry pj duncan you got victor oladipo hero and deadman right as your your three guys off the bench and then you're basically what you're suggesting is you got to fill that four spot by committee yeah for the regular season no, for the playoffs, I'm talking about. Well, I mean, if you don't add anybody, yeah, that's what's going like, to have to be. And and to me, like, that, that's where it gets dicey. And unless, De- like, Deadman took a corner three yesterday, right? And Deadman has shown in the past that he could be a shooter. I mean, it was a flash. But <laughs> if if Dwayne can hit that, which I think he has the ability to, that changes a lot of what we're talking about. And they can survive a lot of those minutes. But I'm not a fan from what I saw. And it's just one preseason game. So. Please. Please only refer to him as Deadman. Don't call him Dwayne. 
Yeah, you're right. I don't know what I did. There. It felt it felt wrong. It felt weird. Especially when you're saying relying on Dwayne to hit a three. Felt really <laughs> wrong there. Did you see that uh, that that Dwayne Hassan and Rudy Gobert had the saddest three point contest ever oh at uh, Utah Jazz practice? <laughs> a lot of houses were built. Oh, <laughs> Dwayne won. I mean, Dwayne had to win. I mean, Dwayne probably eat that shit out. If Dwayne doesn't win that, like. I gotta be honest. Retire again. If you had asked me to bet, I would have probably bet Hassan because probably Hassan shoot because Hassan likes shooting threes. I don't know if he's good at him, but no, he's not. He has a practice. At, at some point, I, before we leave, we need to touch on Kendrick Nunn <laughs> because now Twitter is going crazy. What happened with Kendrick? He's well, not the defensive topper because they're watching him play. The Lakers fans are saying, "Hey, he's not Alex Caruso. He can't keep anybody in front of him." <laughs> It's great. I love this. I love I love Lakers fans getting humbled. They deserve it every year. So what what I mean, what did they expect? They thought he was going to be a good point of attack defender. Yeah. I don't and know they, why on earth you would ever think that. Cuz they didn't watch him. They thought no. they saw him scoring, they saw he could dunk and they were like, "Oh, he's athletic. He can probably play defense." No, yeah. Well, they also saw him share the court with two of the best <laughs> defenders in the game. Yeah. So Jimmy and Bam made him look really good at times. I oh, just, yeah. I mean, he's Lakers. Lakers fans are annoying. They're ridiculous. I don't even know. I don't even. I don't even get it. I, I saw. I did see Alf tweet making fun of some Laker fans because now they're already complaining. So oh, they were. They've been Alf's been fighting them since uh, none signed with the Lakers. It's been great. I, no, I, had, to, I had to stay down Rocky after <laughs> after my last uh, after my last interaction with Laker fans. <laughs> I got in yeah. trouble. Brought brought the uh, rating of the whole podcast down. After yeah, that. no, well, the, we had a Twitch, Twitch glitched a little bit, so chat has to refresh. So if you're in chat, let people know that you got to refresh. But we'll, we we've been we've been going. Somebody said uh, we wanted to make sure we didn't have a Facebook situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to go to finish on Markeith, um, like he's gonna have games. Uh, I I like the defensive activity. He brought, he looked better, de- a lot better defensively than I thought. Like Tiff said, his shot selection is porous, but that's why he's a minimum guy. Like if right. his shot selection was good, he would, he would have gotten a contract somewhere. He's got, he's a skilled, he's got some skills. He can post up smaller guys. He can shoot a little bit, uh, especially considering he's a big, like he can, he has some skills. There's going to be a game sometime this year where he's going to score 20 points off the bench. And you're like, ah. Oh. That was a, gr- a big performance. Like that's mm-hmm. not going to surprise you, but like this is more often than not what's going to happen. He's going to have five points, a couple blocks, a lot of dumb fucking plays. But that's what you get from a minimum guy. Like you're not going to get Shane Battier off the off a minimum every time. Right. The Lakers were better with him off the floor. That's not surprising, but they were still plus with him on the floor. So I mean, if that's any indication of anything, uh, it, but who he, who was he subbing? Anthony Davis, like no, they, he, <laughs> play together a lot, I imagine too. So I mean, he did play he did play four for them. I mean, the Lakers did like to to play big Morris and Davis together. Oh man, that was bad. They were minus nine. Yeah, the Lakers were successful when uh, when Morris was without AD and when AD was without Morris. So. The, the two big lineups. Yeah. Okay. Just say it. My camera went out. Okay. We can all laugh. <laughs> I'm trying, man. That's I, I fixed the USB. There's some sort of power capacitor thing. Uh, so the interesting thing with Morris is that all the two big lineups with the Lakers just did not look good, especially like the, the Morris 80 stuff. Horrible. And, and mainly they, they worked apart. So heat, you know, that's going to be something to monitor all season, how the two big lineups work with Morris and Deadman or Morris and um, 
and your I don't know how much yours is gonna play. None. We're we're all like uh, Chris. How'd you feel about your seven? You were there. He looked big. Oh, I didn't watch his minutes. I didn't see the second half. You left. <laughs> what? What? What did you do? What? I what happened? Leave. I was wandering around the arena. Like I was Just going to the. Times? I actually went to all the different shops that they have in the arena to see if they had like different things. I think they're still holding back the main shit until the regular season. So I. What hope do you mean, all. like the merch, like the jersey? Yeah, the merch the is kind of lacking, but I'm sure it's because they just. You know, giving people a taste, you know, everybody's so ravenous for shit. Everybody's got all that just <laughs> cash just like sitting around. You know, what do What's I spend it camera? on? Jerseys. What's up with your camera right now? It's like <laughs> yeah, zooming in yeah, and out. By the way, if, if you are Miami Heapy fans, if you want some some stuff, some some merch, man, we have some really cool stuff coming on the way. So you might want to hold off on, on buying a heat jersey because we might have some stuff that might interest you Save guys. So. Cash. Save that, save that cash, save that cash. We got some cool save stuff. We have some cool stuff on the way. Unless you want to subscribe, you know, you can always subscribe. and Always subscribe. Throw us a, throw us a pity sub. Listen, we didn't make the top 100 <laughs> Twitch, you know, thing. <laughs> throw us a pity sub. Get us, get us to the top 100. Okay? Yeah. You see all these people? These streamers hoard that money for themselves. We're dividing it between, what are we, 11 people, 12 people? We have a lot of people here. Yeah, he said he's not paying us until we're top 100. I'm not paying these motherfuckers to the top 100. <laughs> you, you better start donating so I can give these people money. I'm withholding pay. That's it. <laughs> Hashtag free the heat beaters. Right? Have a, gonna be a that's going to be on Twitter tomorrow. Y'all know G don't pay anybody. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it's going to be. Moose is going to start a union, going to be outside my apartment. It's a you know, digital sweatshop. <laughs> <laughs> We're running a stream sweatshop here. It's work. Right, that's how stream beat really is. Yeah. I mean, that's really the deuces business model. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore. Because Tick Pick, that's T I C K P I C K, is the original no fee ticket site and the only one that you'll need for your go to NFL tickets. Tick Pick got rid of all those awful service fees that all those other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price 
And you know I've already used TickPick. We have the Atlanta Hawks coming into Miami to play the Dolphins. I have a friend of mine coming into town. And you know we have to have our chance to win an Atlanta Sports Moment Meltdown live. So we got on TickPick. We got our stuff. We're ready to go. I'm excited. Now just visit TickPick.com slash HeatBeat today and use the promo code HeatBeat to save $10 off your first order on NFL tickets. I kind of want to touch on that, the the defensive effort as a unit. Like, realistically. With the bench? Just the entire team. Like, realistically. Do you think they can keep that up? They're, they're going to be a, I think they're going to be a top five defense at worst. I mean, mm. I don't think they need to keep that energy up, but just they have so many built-in advantages because they can play a drop now, which is just so much more conserving on energy. And Spo teams just generally fly around a lot. That's just kind of how they play. Like so, I've I've seen this before, right? When they play like a real drop and they're not over switching, and guys are able to move and fly in and out of the passing lanes, and it's going to be tiring because I think this is the most motion the Spo offense has had with the defense like this. So I think what's going to be interesting to see is, is how that plays out. Although there's going to be a, a heavier ISO team, I think. With with Kyle, they'll be able to kind of flow into some of those things and catch catch some breathers. So they are they are picking up the pace too. So I, I don't know if, I don't know if Frankie or Chris you have anything, but you think I, top I, five like that's what they're, they're I think thinking. that's their floor on defense. I think top five was their floor. Their I floor, that, I wow. Mean, uh, assuming they stay healthy, I think that's a pretty safe assumption to make. That starting five that's going to get the majority of the minutes is going to be an absolute terror. Like there, you got four guys you don't want to deal with, and then you have Duncan Robinson who very quietly has turned himself into a pretty solid defender. I was watching him uh, at, at the, in the first preseason game fly around defensively. Uh, he had a, yeah, I see here, he had a steal and a block, but he also had a couple of incredible closeouts, like especially from, from a decent distance. Like he's clearly putting a lot of effort and attention into that side of the ball which obviously considering he's one of the most elite snipers in the league is, uh, is good to see. Um, but I think it shouldn't be slept on. As long as he does, really doesn't get abused, that lineup is going to be awful to deal with. They, have, they can still hide him. Like, and they have pro- like they have so many ways to problem solve Tiff. Like, so if you know you're, you're there, I think there it's to be seen if their base is going to be a drop, which is going to be what I'm going to really look at next couple of preseason games when the starters are in. But you know you have you have the drop now. You you know you can switch if push comes to shove. You know, they'll be able to trap more as well. They have a lot of solutions for things, right? And they have a lot of guys who've played in a lot of different systems, like defensively. So, and and as we said, the defense on the bench isn't the issue, right? Because Markeith and Deadman compete on that end. Mm-hmm. You know, Gabe, that's never a question with Gabe. His defense has not been what we've asked about. So, I, I think that's their floor. I, like, they have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who are two legitimate uh, MVP, uh, Defensive Player of the Year candidates. Uh, Chat says, show us a cat. Uh, crab, mm-hmm. crab photographer says, show us a kitten. Keep, keep, the people, the people want to know. This is riveting for the pod audience. The pod audience is she loving said no, this. no, but she, she loves this shit. What she an adorable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They are. <laughs> Your camera's doing it again. <laughs> Yo, He's your focus breathing is like crazy. It's insane. <laughs> Um, so, I, for me, if Oladipo plays 40 games, I can see them being top five. I don't see him being top five simply because I am counting on Jimmy to play 60 to 65 games. Cause that's who he's been 
his whole career. I'm counting on Kyle at age 35 to play uh, less than 75 games. And even though he's been very, uh, very reliable health wise, he's just at that point of his career where players start breaking down a little bit more, unfortunately. And so I'm not relying on him to play 75 games and uh, especially at 35 minute workload, which we might need him. Uh, so if Oladipo can come in and sub those games that the one of the, uh, the nights, one of those guys is out, I can see it being top five. Otherwise, I think the wing depth is too weak. Um, Cause after, after it's Jimmy Duncan and then you're it's Tyler off the bench. And then you're, t- you're starting to look at Caleb Martin and you're like, okay, that's uh that's my backup three right now. We have the Garrett kid, but I don't know if he'll be able to win minutes over Caleb at the, I mean, we know how Spo is. Yeah, no. And, and Caleb's actually played in the NBA already before. So he has that, right. that, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adams the man says, John, absolutely, we want, we want cat Carl Anthony Towns, Christian. We have cat in home, yeah. We got enough cat, <laughs> never know. So, I don't know. I, Frankie, I, I think that's, I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, and, and I've said this before, like, I don't think Miami's gonna be like this dominant regular season team. I just, for what you said, I think the injuries and, and their age and stuff like that's gonna show, but. I think in terms of like championship equity, like, you know, what they can do in the playoffs, I do think that that will be like a defense no one wants to deal with. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree, definitely agree with you there. Like the potential for a top five defense is absolutely there, That's especially totally when fair. healthy. Uh, but my thing is like over the course of the season, I don't see them staying healthy enough or the depth being strong enough to maintain a top five level defense. <laughs> yes, I did. We did. I did forget. Oh, we did forget. I did forget. I totally Strews. forgot Matt. Yeah. Chad, I mean, said, Chad is asking if we forgot that Max Struess existed. And I, as a matter of fact, I, I sure did. I mean, I was going to say like, you guys are obviously like very worried about if, you know, guys go down and I feel like it's, you know, it's probably bound to happen in one way or another. Um, but I'm actually really intrigued by some of the depth on this team. I think there's guys that are like 13th, 14th man right now, especially when once Victor comes back, like that are guys that definitely deserve minutes and, and a good look. So it's like I'm I'm definitely going to be looking forward to when the Heat are having a little bit of injury issues during the regular season, because at least we'll get a chance to see some of these other guys, you know, get some run like Struess, like Struess. He's he's still hitting like fifty percent of his fucking three pointers. Like, how are you not intrigued by that? You got Marcus Garrett, who is an oh. absolute nightmare. Oh, Struce is playing this year. Yeah, you're like, right. No, I Struce literally just forgot ro- about Struce. I totally <laughs> in the rotation. He's not looking for minutes. Right. He's getting minutes. He's in the rotation. Oh, not, like, and even Gabe Vincent's looked better. Oh, like, Gabe's between in the international play, in the he had a, they they don't have a, a solid game. game. Like, <laughs> no, no Struce is going to be good. I'm not, I, I honestly, like, I have no worries when it comes to Struess. I think everything that Gabe has done these last, like, couple of months, he looked better. Monday, he was more decisive. He took the open shots. And his defense is always there. That's never, that's never the issue. I'm, I have no concerns about those guys. And he plays I'm just, a position where his size doesn't hurt him. Right. He's small. But, right. that, I mean, that's fine. He's, He's tough, though. Yeah. he's not going to have to deal with bigger point guards too often. Yeah. But he also doesn't play small either. Like mm-hmm. he plays, he plays his size. Like he's, he doesn't play like a five eleven guard, five ten guard where he can get hunted and stuff. He's tough. He gets under you and he fights through. He, he tries. Uh, and like Tiff was saying, um, he who speak more decisive offensively, taking those shots. A lot of times he would have hesitated last year and that's why he couldn't mm-hmm. get the rhythm. 
Uh, my only concern with him was running the offense. He wasn't really making good reads. He was trying to kick it cross, uh, kick the the cross court passes and the skip passes, and he's uh and he's get, was getting picked off really easily. wasn't reading the help very well. Uh, but that comes with time. That comes with with development. So I'm hoping he can be better there. Um, but you know, and I, I honestly, I'm in regular season time. Like Jimmy's going to get the backup point guard minutes, and Tyler's going to run the minutes, and and Bam's going to get touches too. Like. He's not going to be handling the ball, making as many plays right. as he had to. It's, it's going to be a committee. Yeah. They're going to run that by committee. That's, yeah. And is Jimmy going to play tomorrow? I, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen any news no. on that. No, rest him. Rest him forever. I, I wouldn't play him. The pre- rest him the regular him season. Yeah. Rest him till the regular season. Just a little bit. Just <laughs> Nah. I don't even a little bit. What what does he no. need rhythm? He doesn't hit, he's not a shooter. That's right. He, <laughs> he doesn't need rhythm. That's, that's true. Their openers against no. Milwaukee, right? I have no idea. It's not. It's not. It's got to be Orlando. No, it's not. It's not Orlando. That's why it's of note. I think. I, I think, think it's it is, Milwaukee. I think it's is Milwaukee. It? Yeah. So they play. Okay. So their their next piece of the games are the Rockets, 10 p.m. tomorrow. Then the Spurs, uh, 8:30 on Friday. Then uh, the Hornets, October 11th, 7:30. Then the Hawks. That's been a lot of fucking preseason games. Why are they playing a back to back in the preseason again? I, I Adam Silver's never seeing heaven. I don't understand the point of a of a back to back preseason road trip. I I don't. I can't. Can anybody explain this to me? No. What is what is there a point to back to back preseason road trip games? Literally none. And that's the reason why you're not going to see Jimmy. Christian, you're muted, bro. Christian's been muted, and I don't, Christian looked like. Oh, sorry. Person. It's just I my I know my typing's very loud, so I mute myself sometimes <laughs> when I know I want to type something. Well, you, what was your, you made a great point? I'm sure. What were you saying? You look very into it. What was uh, it about? Back-to-back preseason games. <laughs> Adam Silver. <laughs> oh, that they were just... Oh, that's right. You didn't hear any of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's just they were just practicing. It's good practice for... I mean, they're still doing back-to-backs during the regular season, right? Yeah. They're Two, four, six. There's six preseason games ending with the Celtics. It's all this. Bucks, October 21st, 8 p.m. I believe that's on the... No, that's at home. They open at home against the Bucks. So that's... That's a fun fucking game to open with. I'm so fucking Wait, excited for that. Are they at home? They're the Miami Heat are at home. Yeah. Oh, oh I hope that yeah. that first game is going to tell me all I need to know about this team. Oh, of course. If they're healthy, if all their guys are playing, that game is going to tell me all I need to know. I mean, I don't know because you got to be careful. They they just got swept by the Bucks. Exactly. It could very much be like remember the first game we faced the Bucks this season. When the Bucks won by like forty-seven points, and they yeah, but we miss. came back and we won. Like we could easily go show, show up in there, just like pissed off, everyone ready to go, like win by twenty points, and that won't necessarily dictate how the whole season's going to. Christian, how did the season end? Well, I guess the the Bucks won a championship. <laughs> hey, you won't fucking score. The first, the first game, the first round of series against the Bucks was 40, 40 point blowouts. Pretty much, I felt guess like. shit. Then, then that's how you know, right? So I'm gonna win by forty championship. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to see how how the intensity comes, how the how the team meshes. I liked a lot of what what I saw game one, but I want to see it with Jimmy. I want to see how the whole team plays together. Uh, I loved what I saw from Kyle. Loved how he made he uh, he made Bam look. I loved what I saw from Tyler. Uh, but I want to see Jimmy added to the equation and see how the rest look. I, I. I, I agree. I want to, I kind of want to see Jimmy in preseason. I, I don't, I, I think it's good to get, even if it's light, even if it's a light workout, 
Um, I, I kind of want to see a little bit just so that he can get, you know, so he's old. You got to, you got to grease the wheels. No, no, no. It's like Tiff says, like, it, it, uh, put him in a bubble wrap. This yeah. is, bubble Jimmy's going to have a new meaning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need him yet. We, we don't need him yet. Let's close out the show a little bit talking about Kyle because we've talked a lot about uh, Kyle and Bam. We've talked about a lot of other things. And we we did this on Hangover Time, so I, I didn't feel like this was as pressing. But I think, guys, and, and we can go around the room here, uh, starting with me, Tiff, Christian, and then Frankie. I think the most interesting thing about the Kyle minutes was that he competed at the point of attack. Obviously, we know that he can. And that let Bam play a drop. And we I did mention this on Hangover Time, but... I can't stress how important that is to them because they just haven't had that since Winslow. And even before Winslow, it had been a minute. So the fact that they have a guy, the, the, the thing that they've been missing, I mean, we've been talking about point of attack defense for years on here, that this is what they're missing. This is the ingredient. And we've seen all the ways that they tried to hide that, whether it be heads and recover, whether it be over switching, whether it be what they started doing last season, which was trapping with, with their big and their smaller guard. And they would do all these things that eventually compromise your back end on your defense because if you trap, you know, you're one swing away from your defense in total scramble. As we've seen with the switching, you know, you do get a depoy on on a smaller guy, but you compromise your rebounding on the back end. And we've seen how that kind of totally just fucks them up. So, you know, every solution that they've had and the heads and recover, if you just trick quickly and whatever, I mean, you just you just get past these dudes or, or bully them or, or post them up or force switches, right? So all these different solutions that they've had, there's a counter to them. Right. And once teams are able to really figure that out and exploit that, you know, it, it really was never anything that Miami could do to fix it. And we've seen how Spolstra, I mean, I just said through the kitchen sink trying to solve this, but you need players to do these things. And Kyle just does a natural thing in basketball, which is to bend the fucking guy in front of him and lets you play a more conservative defense. So for me, that's the number one thing that I see that I'm like, okay, this is the biggest difference that he makes. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Just piggybacking off that for a second. He keeps them from having to have gimmicks. Yes. Like, that's the, like, it's ridiculous when you have to go to the bottom of the playbook to look for something and you don't have the personnel. So you are putting a Band-Aid on everything. He literally keeps them from having to put a Band-Aid on, like, this, like, gaping hole we're water spouting out like every, every little thing. It's so crazy how one person literally made a team look entirely different. He literally made every player that was on the court with him look different. Um, I just like the potential of that one, two punch with him and bam. It takes so much pressure off of Bam having to hold the ball and look, run this play and do those things where Bam can like use 100% of his athleticism playing with a point guard now because we need Bam in the open court. Like to me, that is his best skill because no one can stop him in the open court, whether he's handling the ball, looking for the pass, going for the dunk, the layup, even if he pulled up for for the 15 foot jump shot, but no one can stop Bam at all. So he literally put Bam in every position to succeed in that first half. I mean, had him in the post, had him running the break, set him up for the lob, set him up for the 15 footer. I mean, it was every skill that Bam had and he used it. 
There was no hesitancy. Bam wasn't pump faking. He was getting the ball and he was going. And I, I love the fact that Kyle gets the ball and he looks up court. The first thing he does is look. He looks to the other end. And if he takes off dribbling, what is, what is he doing? His head is up and he is surveying the court. And that is beautiful to see. So regardless of what happens this year, he has the tools. Like he, if we didn't know he had the tools, even though he's a champion and he's done all these things, he, he was the right player. He was the right move. Um, age be damned. Shut up, G. G was no, right. One of us now. You can't, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> G was right. It's a heat so, culture. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it, and it's crazy because I actually told Siobhan, I said, is it weird that one player literally just came in and everything looks different? Everything looks fresh. Everything looks, it looks like it was the right pace. No one looked like they were running too fast. No one looked like they were stuck in mud. She's ready to become another meme. No, I'm literally <laughs> memeing him as we speak. I'm about to tweet it. But you know what I'm saying, Frankie, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, how did how did it look to you? Like, what did you see? No, I loved what you said. Everything you said, Tiff, it was perfect. Uh, the hit ahead thing was was like one of the biggest difference makers. Our transition offense was so buns last season. We only had one guy that really ran hard with uh, DJJ and right. Jake and Jay, 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 to his credit, ran a little hard, too. But though, but DJ was the athletic guy and everybody could find him because he was the fastest one down the court. Right. But no. But now we have a guy who just looks up, hits ahead that the the play that sticks out to me is the one where Bam ran ahead, got somebody small on him. I think it, it was one of the guards. And then. Kyle hit him for the, for the hit ahead. He had the post up and I think he got fouled to the line. Those kind of plays are going to do so much for Bam, so much for his mm-hmm. confidence. He can just outrun the guy. He doesn't have to get the rebound. He gets switched on a guard and he, and we get the rebound. Kyle's looking get, get the ball to Kyle. Kyle's going to find Bam uh, in, in an isolation for a mismatch for a, a and one or, or free throws, whatever. And, and if you do that to a team like Atlanta, you're getting Trey in foul trouble, picking up yeah. easy, stupid fouls. And that's advantageous for us. We Kyle just just simplified the offense, um, made everything easy. It was like what you said, like going to the bottom of the thing. We're running damn trick plays on defense to make yep. our defense look sustainable. And that's why that's why a lot of us were like, this isn't really a top 10 defense, because once you face the good teams that can face that shit, that know mm-hmm. how to handle that shit, have the personnel and the, the coaching is decent enough, which Budenholzer was in that series. That they could face that easy, but now we can run. We can run that trick shit, but we can run the simple shit. We can run the HB dive. We don't have to run a flea flicker to to make shit work for us. Um, but what I love most about him is the pick and roll, the pacing, the the control of the offense. When shit's go, when shit's dying down, he can get the ball, run the offense. He runs the offense early. We're not mm-hmm. running shit starting our sets at 15 seconds. Like G tweeted that out the other day. We're, we're not starting our stuff at 15 seconds. If something we're running our stuff early and uh, early enough that if we're not getting a good look, we we can still swing the ball around, go to something else, mm-hmm. try to get another look. And that's just the little things that Kyle adds to the the team offensively. Now defensively, we know what he does. He brings a uh, point of attack. He brings help with the picking up a lot of charges. He's going to lead the team in charges. No doubt about that. Now that Kelly's gone. There's nobody going to compete with him. 
taking charges. He's going to be tough. He's going to be uh, smart. He's going to get the guys in the right position. You have a three-headed monster of Jimmy, uh, Bam, and Kyle as your best three players who are all plus defenders. And not only that, that's not even talking about P.J. Tucker, who brings another right. level to that defensively. Uh, toughness and and uh, IQ and 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 communication. So defensively, they have a high ceiling. I'm my only concern is the the health. Uh, and then when Depot gets in there, oh, it's scary hours, scary hours. Um, but Kyle, Kyle is just the perfect fit. It's it's like you said, like the the one piece that changes everything for them. It was it's similar to me, like how Jimmy change the team Mm -hmm. you went from like you had a bunch of like journeymen and and whatever but jimmy literally starting with two undrafted guys and took that team to the finals like that's the the magic of one player can can make a difference for that team now we added kyle to that team and i'm thinking we're the 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 if we if round out the roster well we stay healthy this team could be really really good frankie to your point what you said about the transition stuff earlier the heat barely were getting out and running they were in the bottom half of the league in transition opportunities they were like 18th or 19th uh, but they were efficient when they were doing it they were fifth in points per possession off transition opportunities uh, but like you know really bunched up they're like 0.1 ahead of like 15th place right so um i think they have a legitimate chance to be like a legit dangerous transition team with the athletes I and mean, not that they have athletes but with the athlete that they have and and the point guard uh christian is there anything that kyle did that, that really stood out to you were all kind of soliloquying about, you know, what, what we, the biggest takeaways from his minutes. I mean, I think the biggest thing that he's going to add to this team that they've definitely been lacking recently is someone who actually is seeking to make dynamic cross court passes because that that's really important and really good offenses usually take advantage of it because the second that you make especially and and Kyle, he throws them with some serious zip too. So you're saving time on the pass and that gives the defense less time to react. They're in and inherently already in scramble mode before the person who's catching Kyle's pass has ever even caught it. And if it's somebody like Duncan, he's open. And if it's somebody like Jimmy, you're totally exposed to a cut. And if somebody like Tyler, he's got that, he's got that floater working. He's going to have a wide open floater if he wants it, or he can go to the rim or he can settle for an open jumper. It's going to open up so many things for this offense. And since he's always going to be having the ball at the beginning of the possessions, you would think like that's going to be huge for this team, not having the ball in Jimmy and Bam's hands. So they can be on the receiving end of a dynamic play by, you know, somebody like Kyle, it's going to take this offense. And I think the entire team to another level, because the better they are on offense, the more they're going to be back in half court situations on defense. And that's a nightmare for opposing teams. You know, offense kind of wins championships now, which is really funny. I I started laughing on stream because uh, our friend of the show, Justin Rowan, uh, tweeted out, still getting used to familiar faces with new teams, but no change is more striking than G-Novice 103 becoming a Heat (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, he got you. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. 
all for an incredible value your wrists and wallets will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.